Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Yo. And Johnson. Tournament time, Guido. Tourney time. And joined again this week by with Mr. Brent Solheim uh, back again. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. March Madness, best time of the sporting year. Isn't it, though? Isn't it, though? Well, we'll get to talking about the brackets and March Madness and everything that West Virginia's got ahead of them. But let's talk about the stuff that's behind us now. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about, um, let's first, I'm going to start with not basketball, just because I need to get it off my chest. I'm going to start with this Hall of Fame thing and Coach Huggins uh, getting the shaft again this year with the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame and not getting in. And has it's i feel like it's just reached a level of ridiculousness now like it's it, i feel like the hall of fame is just taunting us west virginia fans and and, and particularly coach huggins with it scooty i mean why is he not in the hall of fame this place is a joke it is a joke i i don't know if he angered some whoever votes on this I, i'm assuming there's some sort of board of directors or some ridiculous thing and and maybe they were, uh, I don't know, maybe they were in the Atlantic 10 when Cincinnati was in the, I don't know what the deal is, but there's something where um, Huggins has ticked these people off and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Like it's actually, um, I mean, even when he does get voted in, no one's going to, I'm. it's tarnished it for me, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like, I, like I'm going to be mad when he gets voted right, in. Like, I shouldn't be. He, and, and like at the end of the day, and I don't think any of us at the end of the day question the fact if he's a Hall of Fame coach or not, like he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. Like I think everybody knows that. It's just a matter of like why continuing prolong it? I mean, is it is it, Brett, is it because he doesn't have the national championship? That's the only thing that he has different from those other guys. You know, I, I it's, it's such a tough call. You know, I, I believe he's sixth all time in Division One coaches behind Coach K, Bayheim. Calhoun, Roy Williams, and Bob Knight. So, so household names. You know, right after him is Dean Smith with 879, then Adolph Rupp. You know, these are all icons in the college basketball game. And for him to be right there with them, still active, you know his number is going to be higher. And to not be in the Hall of Fame yet, whereas I believe everyone else that I just listed off is, um, I can't think of anything but discrimination against the state of West Virginia. I, 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 I there's no other reason why he, he shouldn't be in there. Yeah. And I liked, um, and I linked to it in the show notes here, but we, I saw on Twitter kind of someone had clipped the ESPN anchors talking about it right after that list had come out, the, you know, the most recent list had come out and, Seth Greenberg, to his credit, I know that we we don't often celebrate Seth Greenberg because of his hokey ties, but he kind of went off on a mini tirade, like essentially what Brent just said, you know, like comparing him down the list of other great coaches, how is he not making this list? And at the end of that segment, I, I don't know which ESPN anchor it was, but they essentially ended the segment by saying, regardless of what that panel says, he's a Hall of Famer to us. And I was like, you know what, that's that's kind of my attitude right now. Like, I think if you live in the state of West Virginia, if you're a West Virginia fan, you know, you know, if you're around the program, 
okay, you, you you guys didn't officially say it. We don't really care anymore. That's the way we that's the way we think of the guy. Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, and, and we've said it on this show before. Like, they need the they need to WVU needs to name the the court at the Coliseum. You know, Bob Huggins Court. He needs to get the accolades that he deserves in our state, not only as a player back in the 70s, but now as a coach who's sort of changed, you know, the level of this team going forward. And, uh, you know, I hope that he coaches at WVU for another five, ten years. I hope he's Coach K and coaches, you know, well past 70s and his mid-70s. But, uh, you know, it's it's just ridiculous to me that you have a coach that has nearly 900 wins. Hopefully in a couple of days we'll have his 900th win. You know, has been to the Final Four twice, has won numerous conference championships in different conferences, and can't can't get the vote. The four years in a row he's been put on the ballot, and now you know four years gets snubbed. Yeah, and now it feels like it. I think in the past there had been some discussion, right, about he had even made the comment that he didn't want any of that talk until he had retired or something. And so people, I feel like a couple seasons ago, would say, well, that's kind of the reason why, but. Now I now it doesn't feel like that. Now it just feels like what are you doing? Why is he not why is he not included? Right Next now? year at this time, he will have passed Bob Knight, um, Jim Calhoun's only sixteen wins ahead of him, Roy Williams, you know, it'll be a crapshoot, he's four wins ahead of him right now, but he could end next season as the third time all or third highest all time leading wins in division one basketball. And to not even be in the conversation is insane. Yeah, that is yeah. insane. It's crazy. Well, his Mountaineers had a tough time last week in the Big 12 tournament, came out on a very weird Thursday, 1130 a.m. game that I'm sure we all watched on our cell phones while we pretended to work in our offices, uh, like most of you probably did. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I think since Thursday I've calmed down, guys. Uh, I was pretty cranked on Thursday, losing another one to Oklahoma State was painful um it you know i think the way it was lost i think deuce looked so good in the second half and then or in the first half at the end of the first half there and then the second half it you know we just we couldn't keep it together um i think for me the biggest thing to come out of it is is uh you know if Derek Derek culver is healthy it's a completely different game and you have Derek culver who you know apparently had a very bad head cold or whatever it was you know, getting an IV at the halftime, you know, it comes out and still almost puts a double-double up. I I think, you know, Brent, that for me, this team played really hard on Thursday in a game that I think all circumstances they could have won if everybody was healthy. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, Culver, hats off to him for, um, you know, having, having the guts, uh, you know, or w whatever you want to call it to come out and play when he's feeling so bad. But, uh, I mean, he's basically the reason we won that first game against them. He had 22 points and 19 rebounds, only one foul that game, which, you know, we, we see Derek Culver getting in foul trouble a lot. So he played tremendous. We won. He doesn't play tremendous in the two other games against OSU, and we lose. And I, I think if we have a healthy Derek Culver, um, you know, he's he's worth you know a lot more points than what we lost by. So I, I agree with you, Guido. We, we win this game if Derek's healthy. Johnson – so, you know, Deuce at the end of the first half kind of put a show on for everybody. He, you know, had a steal in there. He dunked on oh, he dunked on Cade Cunningham, which was pretty awesome. Um, you know, but 
he really and I mean that might have been some of the best basketball he's played uh, you know all season in the last whatever it was minute and a half two minutes of that first half yeah well I mean he's it's it's funny to see how to me Deuce always has that he can explode at any at any moment you know like his like his dunks are he can always go in for one of those powerful dunks that kind of gets everyone out of their seat and I think in that moment, those two back-to-back plays, I felt like at the time I felt like, Oh, we got this. Like we're coming out here to like emphatically kind of take control here at the end of the half. And I think it was funny to me because ESPN has kind of done to Cade Cunningham, what they did to, um, Oh shoot. I shouldn't have brought that up. Yes. (laughs) Trey Young. Thank you, Brent. Exactly. So, you know, to, to Trey Young's defense, we all kind of got sick of him because ESPN just, you know, just weapons of mass destruction, weapons of mass destruction. You know, they just battered us with this theme that we just, whether we wanted to hear it or not, we we had to hear it all the time. And they've kind of done that with Cade Cunningham. So at the end of that half, I felt like that was due saying, oh, oh, are are you, are, are you NBA ready? Well, how about this, Mr. NBA ready? And kind of took it right at him. And I, it's a shame that in the second half, we just kind of slowly lost the handle on that game because I thought we looked great really throughout the first half and at the end of the first half. Scooty, does this 90 seconds of basketball that Deuce played at the end of the first half, does that put him in the NBA draft this year? No, I don't think so. Um, It was a good example of what he can do when he's playing with a lot of energy and some bounce. Um, I think he still has some things he needs to work on if he's if he's going to go uh, and try to play professionally in the NBA anyway. I think he he would be fine in Europe or Asia or wherever. But uh, NBA, unfortunately, and I don't know why this is, but it, it feels like unless you go to a, a blue blood or a, a school where um, the media has kind of hyped you, like Cade Cunningham, like. He would probably be, uh, I'm going to guess, if he made it into the first round, he would be a late first round. He's most likely a second round draft pick. Those those spots are not guaranteed when you're a second rounder. And and ultimately, a lot of those guys end up in the, the G League. And then some of them never come out of the G League. You know, and I think of guys that we've we've seen at WVU go, uh, Alexander, Joe Alexander was, I think, drafted eighth. Um, barely hung on to the, the Bucks roster, ended up playing in, I think it was the D league then, and then, uh, bounced over to China. Uh, Devin Ebanks is another guy who probably left too early. If he had built up a little bit more stock coming back for a, at least a sophomore or junior year at WVU, I think he could have potentially had a great pro career, but he, he kind of fizzled out once he went pro. So, uh, Deuce is a good player, but he's also been very inconsistent this year. And I, I think that that's uh, something he needs to work on where he can't be kind of a, a ghost in some games. Hey, let me just jump in here one second. So Deuce, in my opinion, uh, is an NBA athlete. He proved that, you know, taking it to the rack and dunking it on uh, Cunningham. And he's he's had a couple other moves where he's really accelerated and exploded to the basket. So he's an NBA athlete. He also has an NBA mid-range game. He can pull up right with people in his face. He can create space. I would love to see him work on his spot-up shooting some. Um, now, he's shooting 39% from three-point, which is not anything to slouch at at all. But, uh, you know, I would like to see him be 
Also, you know, just a spot-up deep shooter as well. Add that to his repertoire. Now, that's tough to do when you're the point guard. So, you know, that that's one area where I could say, hey, I would really like to see him get better at. But as far as athletic ability, taking it to the rim, defense, mid-range game, it, all of those, in my opinion, are NBA. And uh, he just needs to have one more year. He went from nine and a half points a game his freshman year to 15 and a half this year. You know, if he comes in at 18, 19 points a game next year and is a little bit better shooting, he is good already. But if he's a little bit better three-point shooter, I think we could see him in the in the late first round. Brent, do you see a scenario where um, we have somebody currently on the roster or, or potentially, I guess, I don't know, with the way the rosters are set up and the extra year of eligibility, I don't know if we'll be able to bring in a couple of. I don't know if we'll have freshmen on the roster or not. But yeah, but here, here's my take on that. Before Brad talks, here's my take on that. Like it, that's great, but there's no way that this roster is you know identical next year because you're gonna have guys who it's it's the NCAA now. You're gonna have guys that are gonna be like, oh well, I can go here, I can go to this SEC school, I can go to this school and get more playing time. I should be getting more playing time and. It's, I feel like it's inevitable that one we're going to have one or two of those guys on the roster that we're not even thinking about right so now. So my, my question, though, is do you see a scenario where somehow Deuce comes off the, the one? We have two great twos right now, two uh, fantastic shooters in Sean and Taz. And uh, I don't know how you play Deuce at the two when you got those two guys. I mean, maybe you can move them to the three, but then we're, you know, extraordinarily small. And we do that sometimes now, though, but... No one is nearly as good as Deuce as a point guard. You know, you, we got a couple guys that come off the bench, and I feel like we need him back in the game almost immediately when he comes out. He's the one guy that we really miss when he's on the bench. And, you know, I, I, I can't see us moving him more to the two because we, we drop off so much at the one. I'd love to find a, a Missoula pass-first kind of point guard that would allow somehow – deuce to be play more of the two but like you said i agree i i don't know that we can go that small where our you know our three guard is is six three or whatever whatever sean mcneil is because i think he's a little bit taller than taz so let's get back to the oklahoma state game a little bit you know get we get tossed in the first round well the second round technically of the big 12 tournament our first game um you know we, I think the biggest thing for me, I think one of the the deficits where we we all season we've been going to the free throw line and and granted there have been games where it's been bad. We only shot nine free throws this game, Brent. Like how devastating was that? You know, for us not to be able to draw any fouls against. Well, a lot of times when you don't get a lot of fouls, you settle for jump shots, and when that happens, sometimes you have some long rebounds, and that ends up being transition baskets at the other end, but. Uh, that just shows, you know, with Derek being, you know, sick on the bench, maybe less aggressive when he's in the game, um, that that's going to happen. You know, we're not pounding the ball inside because our our stud big man is is not feeling well. So, you know, we're looking for everyone else to score. And, and the team, you know, like I just said, McBride will sometimes drive and take it hard to the hoop. But a lot of the other guys uh, settle for jump shots and you, you don't get a whole lot of fouls when that happens. Yeah, and I think, too, we had kind of to piggyback on that. We had 
a 13 rebound deficit in this game. So you could just, you know, it kind of reads as soon Guido, as you mentioned, you know, kind of off the jump, Derek Culver, not feeling well, then you sort of read down the box score and you go, yeah, that, that makes like, if I didn't watch this game and that's all I knew, then this box score starts to fall into place. And I also think to me, 15 turnovers is pretty uncharacteristic or feels uncharacteristic for us because that, that led to a lot of runouts for them. So it felt like, you know, mistakes we, we could have corrected and then, and then Culver not being a hundred percent. It just, it just was kind of the story of this game. I, I felt like Oklahoma state, you know, in hindsight, it's not like you ever look back on a loss and go, well, I feel fine about that now, but it, it seems to make more sense now when you just see the way they've played here at the end of the season, they've really put it together and to their credit, they went on, you know, and then beat Baylor in the next round of this tournament. Now, ended up losing to Texas here over the weekend for in the championship game. Texas had the benefit of not having to play that additional game because Kansas, right. um, you know, having to forfeit for COVID. So I, you know, if I'm an Oklahoma state fan, I'm probably a little bit, I'm probably a little bit sore that I feel like Texas had that advantage. You know, once they beat Baylor, I kind of thought they'd run it. They'd run it to the championship. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Oklahoma state pro- and I hate to say this, Scoot's going to get mad when I say this. Oklahoma State probably has the best player in the Big 12 on their team. You know, Kate Cunningham is going to be gone next year. He's a one-and-done, going-to-the-NBA guy. He he does make a difference out there. You know, I think we got caught on our heels the last regular season game. We came out, you know, soft and a little, a little you know, lackadaisical. This game, I think they had Cade Cunningham back. We played better. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, Scooty, you've got a guy there who he's going to be playing next year in the league. I mean, yes, he's a good player. Uh, He did jack squat in that first game that we played them. Like, he got used and abused. Um, Yes, he's got a NBA body. Um, He came in as one of the top two high school recruits. Really, to me, that's that's what he's kind of – I mean, he's, he's had a couple of good games. I don't get excited about it because I'm still bitter that Kevin Jones got ripped off. He was the scoring leader and the rebound leader. And that guy does not get player of the year. It goes to Jay Crowder, who somehow has had some ridiculously long NBA career. Um, I don't get it. It fires me up. You're trying to tell me that KJ can't rebound for some NBA team. Now, granted his jump shot was a little funky. He kind of stuck his, the back of his hand on his forehead when he got ready to shoot. But we don't need him. To, like NBA teams don't necessarily need him to shoot. He can rebound for God's sake. Poor KJ. You know, the other thing about this game though, that bothers me. And I hope I, I just, we, we, you know, not that we would ever expect to get those details, but we didn't really ever get the full story on what was wrong with Derek. You know, people said he couldn't breathe. He had a head cold. Um, I'm trying to ignore the fact that we're in a prolonged pandemic. (laughs) Hopefully, I mean, hopefully that's not what's going on. And I just hope, you know, now we've, and Guido, I think you reminded me over the weekend that I think they had to stay in Kansas City, right? And then just make the trip. Because they lost that game. So if they had won that game, they would have stayed in Kansas City all the way to Sunday. Because they lost that game, they got to go back to Morgantown. And then I think that, if they have, I think they may have, or they are traveling tomorrow to Indi- oh, okay. Indi- Indianapolis. Okay. And the teams are staying there as long as they win. So if you win, you're staying in gotcha. Indy. And, okay. 
Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in segment two. I just hope that I mean, for, I mean, first of all, for his sake personally, I hope he's fine and gets healthy. But I, you know, in the scope of talking about being in Indianapolis and making a run in the tournament and being a good team in the tournament, I just really hope that he's able to get to get healthy on this pretty quick turnaround. I mean, we play now. I know you're going to get there, Guida, but we we play now on the 19th, so there is you know there's a few more days here to, after this hectic schedule we've been on to actually you know probably feel like he could get healthy so no I was gonna say I was hoping that he didn't get like a false negative or something like that like they're allowing him to play and and he's COVID positive and and you know no test is perfect he he could have had a negative um but actually been positive who I mean who knows I mean I would hope that I'd hope by now that would have come out you know I think I don't know this and I don't know that it was ever fully disclosed but I think he was one of the guys when we were on a pause that actually was sick with with COVID or like COVID-like symptoms anyway. And that would be incredibly bad luck for him if it were to be, you know, two two situations where he ended up being sick like that. Um, I think what this shows us, though, is how badly we miss Isaiah Cottrell. Like, I mean, it's for, for a guy that was a freshman who pretty much had three or four games under his belt and limited time. I mean, he, he barely played in those games, but man, oh man, could we really use him? Yeah. Because I, I totally agree. I, I think this shows. There's no way that Huggins went into that game uh, on Thursday thinking that, you know, Cine and Jai or even Tosh yeah. three, we're going to see any time, you know what I and mean? It was early. And so first half early. Yeah. 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 That's right. I, I'm ashamed to admit that I'm out there. I was watching the game because I actually got our, our workplace to turn it on in the cafeteria. I cleared <laughs> it with our HR department. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm like, who is 24? I had to actually look it up. I, I didn't know. Yeah. So I, I was surprised to see Taj as well. There's one point where I was worried we were going to see like a Jay Moore sighting. I was like, man, we are going deep on this bench for a, for a tournament game. So uh, the other, so you know, goes down to the end. West Virginia did. I mean, with everything that was kind, of, they were kind of dealing with, um, with Derek's illness. West Virginia did take it down to the end um, of the game, really, and and had a chance to tie it up and go into overtime. Just uh, Sean McNeil, a couple too many pump fakes right there at the end uh, to get the basket to fall. <laughs> He so, had a great a t- first a one. Was, first one was needed because he probably would have been blocked had he not pump faked the first time. But then he took that extra little, almost like a hop to gather himself and get the ball just right. And instead of just pump faking and, and firing, he that extra half second or whatever it took to gather himself is what ultimately probably cost us at least the tie. So West Virginia falls to Oklahoma State in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, went on, in case you didn't follow up, if you're listening to this, you probably have. Uh, Texas went on to win the Big 12 tournament. Uh, they won, and then they were supposed to face Kansas, and then Kansas uh, pulled out with COVID, and uh, Texas got a day off, and then Oklahoma State made it all the way to the championship game after upsetting Baylor uh, on Friday and then lost to Texas in the championship game. In other news, though, sticking with basketball, but going to the other side, uh, let's talk women's real quick. West Virginia women's team, went all the way to the championship game for the Big 12 and played really well uh, their week in Kansas City. Yeah, and kind of won in pretty dramatic fashion to advance there. I'll link it in the show notes, but um, against the Can- uh, against the Kansas State women's team, Kansas State with the, the ball with only a few ticks left, all they had to do was get it inbounds and look for a shot. 
WVU women get the steal, go the length of the court and hit uh, a layup at the buzzer. It's pretty sweet and a pretty cool mob scene there on the baseline at the other end. So pretty awesome way to advance. I think, you know, once again, um, Scoot keeps lobbying that we have, you know, the the Mike Carey, what, side baselines, sidelines on Bob <laughs> Huggins' court. Because once again, Mike Carey's got his team playing terrific basketball. I mean, they're going in, I think, also as a four seed, right, um, in the women's yep. tournament. Yeah. They uh, they ran into kind of a buzzsaw, like a perennial power Baylor this, uh, this afternoon. And I think Baylor has won uh, nine of the last 10 Big 12 women's championships in the t- attorneys anyway. Um, uh, they, they're they a dominant force in, in women's basketball. And uh, Kaiser Gondrezic couldn't really kind of get get established this afternoon. And it was a lot of uh, – I listened to the game. It was a lot of back-and-forth um, um, action, a lot of turnovers, a lot of offensive fouls. It seemed like it was uh, – a lot of start and stop kind of stuff. Hey, now, now she's a senior, right? So uh, d- does she have the option to come back next year as well? Because she really, I mean, she's she's our best player. I think yes. I- I'd love to see her come I back. I think yes. I think she can come back. See, I'm hoping that a lot of these players that – now, she also may be drafted into the WNBA draft as well. I don't really know. But um, I'd love to see some of these players take advantage of that, get a master's degree or, or a second bachelor's or just a chance to kind of um, – stay with their teammates for at least a semester longer well i guess in basketball you'd have to do two semesters but um i would love to i'd love to see some of those players come back and i mean they all have the opportunity women's basketball also yeah they do get the opportunity to come back for that that additional year of eligibility um in other kind of wvu news uh so segment two guys if you're wondering stick around we're going to talk uh ncaa tournament segment two other wvu news shane Lyons announced this week that he expects their guys to be a full house, full stadium for football this season. I kind of, kind of wonder if that's really going to happen. I I think it will. Um, I think with with how fast the vaccine is is being pushed out, um, I think there's a good chance. Now, is it uh, high expectations and, and kind of high hopes? Sure, um, but I think it's definitely within the possibility. I. I would say at the very least will be 75% capacity, I would think. Hey, I, I did not think we would miss two uh, Final Fours or two uh, March Madnesses in a row. It's such a high-revenue sport um, uh, event. It would be pretty tough for athletic departments to um, you know, be partially, um, f- you know, partially fill up the football stadium two years in a row as well. So I'm not saying money has anything to do with it, but we are outside COVID cases – are trending down but that money man yeah i, I think if it wasn't yeah. such a big money maker i don't know if that would be the case I'm, I'm just that that's how i feel yeah i i mean there may still be some stipulations maybe you have to uh, wear masks or maybe you're uh they limit how many tickets you can buy in bulk or in, in a group or whatever so there may be some limits that way but i'd say uh, he's not the only athletic director to announce that stuff either so i'd say that there's uh yeah, there's a lot of them that's a yeah. very good possibility uh, WVU also adds a transfer, kind of a big transfer this week, uh, and a linebacker from Penn State, Lance Dixon, who was a linebacker at Penn State, will now be coming to Morgantown. And with the new eligibility rules in the NCAA this year, he's immediately eligible, so he can come right in to, to play. And he's got four years, I believe, I think, which is odd. I think you're right, because I think he was a redshirt freshman last year and he retains eligibility so he'll have four years of eligibility at wvu so basically last year didn't count 
is, is what it, I mean, it, it totally was just like a freebie. This is a good chance for you to play Power 5 football, get your feet wet, and then go to WVU so you can be a star. Yeah, he played in 12 games for Penn State. Uh, he only had 2.5 tackles, I think, but he played in 12 games, got some time in all those games, so he – it's not like he's un. He's not like he's not used to playing in Power Five football. So yeah, and he was a he was a four star recruit out of high school. So I mean, he's certainly a talented kid, and I like it because we pluck someone out and save them from the evil empire that is Penn State. So I feel like that's good all around. Everyone wins all around. All good. Uh, yeah. So another WVU news and bad news. WVU lost the national championship in rifle scooty. University of Kentucky won. WVU's had the last two national championships in uh, NCAA rifle competition. They have 19 total, uh, which is, like blows everybody else out of the water. Tough, tough uh, weekend for them losing uh, in the rifle. Let's, here's a question, and we'll have Brent answer the question. Okay. Okay, because he does not count. I think Brent should have to <laughs> answer right, this question. Brent, of the three of us, oh, who boy. do you think would Go do on. the best on the rifle team between – Guido Johnson and myself. Okay, so um, I know Seabass, friend of the show. You know, I, I know um, several of us have been down to his cabin for either trout fishing or hunting. And I would, I don't know about Guido with a firearm, <laughs> but I'm pretty certain <laughs> that Guido would be a better shot than either Scooty Love oh, or S. Johnson. On. So I, I'm going to go with Guido. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, oh, thank you very goodness. much. Thank you and very that's much. more based on not knowing what yes, Guido that is more based on versus, yes, he, knowing, versus knowing a known quantity in Scooty <laughs> and I. That's funny. Uh, uh, yeah. That's awesome. All right, well, listen, let's take a really quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to break down the NCAA bracket, talk about WVU's path uh, in that bracket and everything else that goes along with it. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson and Mr. Brett Solheim, former Mountaineer, joining us as well, talking WVU basketball. Don't forget, you can find us on the social media. Just look for us on Instagram and Twitter, at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Well, the bracket came out. WVU holds on, surprisingly to me, to be honest, holds on to a three-seed in the Midwest bracket, not that that means anything because they're playing all the games in the same state, practically city, um, but they get a three seed. It's uh, it's you know we were talking about this earlier, guys, uh, before the show got on. I am super happy with their their placement in the bracket and sort of everybody else on that side with them. I mean, we're in a we're in a pretty decent position. We face. On Friday, we'll face up against Moorhead State to start things off. Uh, they're 14th ranked in that same bracket, but a pretty nice bracket, guys. I mean, I don't know what everybody else's take is on it. 
it's by far the the best I think bracket side or quarter of a bracket that uh, we could possibly hope for. With Illinois as the number ones, I mean that's no disrespect to Illinois, but uh, I don't really respect Illinois, so um, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess disrespect to Illinois. I don't think of them as a strong powerhouse. Uh, although I guess the only caveat that's a big word out of me is um the fact that uh what's that guy's name underwood something under brad underwood is the head coach he was also the head coach at Stephen f austin when that goofy lumberjack guy beat us yeah so that would be the only issue i would have with illinois and uh huggins and he are uh, brad underwood are good friends which is also an odd thing but well i think um, specifically starting out with moorhead state is about as good as we could have hoped for right i mean i i think not only a three seed but then matching up with that and a potential second round showdown with a winner of syracuse or san diego state neither one of which really scares me a whole lot so i i'm with scoot i really like this i like not being in baylor's bracket i like not being in gonzaga's bracket um I, I think this really is advantageous for us. I could not agree more. So as soon as we um, were listed in, in the bracket, my phone started blowing up about how great this was. And the more I looked at it, the more I agreed with it. Now, now Moorhead State, they're coming in kind of hot. I think they've won seven games in a row. Um, I keep hearing about their 6'10 freshman, their big guy. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he does against Culver. But uh, that's a great first game for us. Winner of Syracuse and San Diego State, I love that game for us. And then it looks like probably Houston, maybe Clemson, you know, to get to the Elite Eight. So, man, I, I love this bracket. You know, you know, ever since I came to West Virginia, this is probably the best bracket we've had. And, uh, man, we, we, could, we could make a deep run. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, there are some correlations to draw, Brent to your 98 team and the 2006 team as well both teams your 98 team lost your last two regular season games to bc and miami not to bring back bad memories you get tossed in the first round by rutgers in the big east and then you you get a 10 seed in that bracket in 98 and you come out hot against a team that everybody thought was gonna beat you guys up uh in temple and uh, and then you guys go deep in and, you know, get to the Sweet 16. Same thing happened in 2006. Similar thing, I guess I should say. You know, they lost their season finale. They lose in the first game of the Big East, and they also get to the Sweet 16. So is the, I feel like there's something to be said about, you know, finishing weak and coming to the tournament strong. Well, I, I know in 1998 when that happened, um, coaching staff gave us three days off. And it felt when, when you play a, a college sport like basketball, Three days off seems like an absolute eternity. You never get that off. You get one day off a week and, and, and almost never two, but to get three days, that just felt like an eternity. So that gave us some time to rest and, you know, get together as a team without the coaches and uh, talk about it. You know, hey, there's six of us seniors. It's our last year. This is it for us. So uh, I felt like that three-day break away from, the stress of, of college sports helped tremendously. And, uh, you know, I, I these guys, I, I don't think there's much NCAA experience that, that these guys have had these last couple of years. So, um, there's, there's I, not, a, there's not a player on this team that has played in the NCAA tournament. Nobody on this team. I, I don't know. Wow. I, I can't speak. Gabe Osaboyan, maybe. I don't know if he went when he was at Arkansas, but at least as WVU players, 
none of them have made it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so this is their opportunity, you know, to uh, to play in an event that they've watched their entire lives. These guys grew up eating, drinking, and sleeping basketball. So, and March Madness is the sport. I would I would rather watch you know March Madness games than an uh, NBA Finals. So these guys have grown up, watched it, dreamed of playing there. There is absolutely no reason that they will not be up for this game. Now, Brent, not to get uh, too far ahead of us, but knowing Syracuse, let's assume Syracuse wins. I don't know that they will or not. They're having a bit of a down year. But let's assume that Syracuse wins. How much looking forward or how much would you look forward to seeing our shooters match up with that 2-3 zone? <laughs> I, I would love to see it. Um you know, you get Taz. If we can get Taz on one wing, Sean on the other, Deuce bringing the ball up and just shooting the lights out, the two-three zone is the perfect matchup for us to uh, to have to, to have a game like Richmond. Because Jalen, he hits threes pretty consistently as well. So I mean, that's the other. I mean, he's he's been playing a lot of our four. So I mean, when your four can hit outside shots, that's that's not too shabby. So I think that if we do get ahead of Moorhead State, and then we end up, let's say we see Syracuse. And I'm just saying maybe because they're uh, they're probably playing tougher competition than San Diego State does on a regular basis. I look forward to seeing, I'd love to see what Taz and McNeil can do against a 2-3 zone because that's pretty much what Syracuse is going to run. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, our shooters against a zone that, you know, packs it in, I, I can't imagine them staying in that longer than the uh, the first media timeout at 16 minutes so let's talk let's talk a little bit about moorhead state real quick just so we can wrap our heads around this team you know a team out of the ohio valley conference which i mean there are not a lot of teams that come out of the ohio valley conference that people know or think of i think belmont uh plays there and um you know murray state has had a, a year or two here and there that you've heard them they've only played i think two power five schools this year all right, both both schools. They played a at the time number ten ranked Kentucky team as their first game of the season and lost. And then they played Ohio State and lost. And both of those games they lost by like thirty points. Morehead State did. So, you know, they don't have a lot of. Uh, they did beat Transylvania in two games, by the way, back to back. In case anybody's wondering. Yeah, I know. I don't even that. know what tra- I don't even know what Transylvania it is. Can't be a hey, look, man, you don't just roll into Transylvania and pop off two wins, okay? <laughs> I, mean. I mean, but yeah, and then they go on. You know, kind of. I think Belmont was the the favorite in the Ohio Valley to win that 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 tournament, and then they go on and get the automatic qualifier by beating Belmont in the championship game. Um, so. I mean, like anything else, and you you see it every year, and there's going to be one this year, and let's hope it's not us. There's always a bracket buster. There's always a team that comes out and has this big upset, you know, in the first round. And I don't think this year, even though you've got COVID and all the other craziness going along with it, I don't think this year's any different. So you can't sleep on a team, you know, that has very little playing time against the Power 5 school, but you can't sleep on a team like this. Yeah, I mean, since Scoot already brought it up, I – I still have, you know, tremors when I think about like Stephen F. Austin. I think that was a two versus a fifteen at the time, right? Am I am I remembering that correctly? So anyway, I, I think, t- to me, they're really looking at what Moorhead State's body of work is. I almost feel like you could have a, not yet one hundred, not yet back to one hundred percent Derek Culver, and still 
take care of your business in this game. So that that's kind of my thoughts on it. I think, like Brent said, you know, when you read up on this team, you read a lot about this six ten freshman. He had a great year. He's obviously obviously their go to player. Um, but I think, you know, they they certainly haven't. Even though you know they looks like they attempted a game against Ohio State and Kentucky. They also lost by I think fifteen to Clemson. Whenever they've played kind of top flight uh, basketball. Um, you know, they haven't, they haven't really, they haven't really had the game that they'd want to. And I think that's what, I I think that's what they're going to run into with us. We've got too many weapons. So yeah. Johnny broom, Johnny broom, I think is his name that you're going to be hearing a lot of averaging 14 points a game, you know, nine rebounds a game. So almost averaging a double, double, he is sort of there, you know, that he is this player that's getting a lot of hype and, 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 you know, is a true freshman play playing for them. So you've got a couple other names that you'll hear with, uh, Devon Cooper and Skylar Potter are two names you'll hear, two junior guards that, you know, average between uh, 11 and 15 points a game as well. What do we think, you know, m- moving in after after this, already, you know, some of the other bigger guys that break down brackets, D- Dickie V, he's got us Elite Eight. A lot, of, a lot of brackets, early on brackets, have us right now as an Elite Eight team facing up and losing, in most cases, if you look at them, against... Illinois that path though could be disrupted for Illinois because we haven't I, I I fear to say this we've got somebody on the other side of that our our side that could scare us in the elite eight maybe a media darling a team that's already beat us that uh, everybody's favorite Oklahoma State who uh, is just on a runner right now and they are the number four seed in our same bracket I don't want to hear about Cade Cunningham and quote unquote ice likely for the entire month of March. Okay. Ice quote unquote likely he's an okay guard, but at times when we play them, it sounds like this guy is like the second coming of, uh, I don't know, like Isaiah Thomas or something. I mean, he's an okay guard. I don't, I think had he not had Cade Cunningham to pass the ball to, we wouldn't be talking about ice all that much and to be quite honest ice hasn't done all that much prior to this year so it it annoys me Uh, just really quick when you look at their bracket though when you look at oklahoma state most likely beating liberty then facing the winner of tennessee oregon state it's not hard at all to picture them winning into the third round at least not to me i mean with their size and ability the way they're playing here at the end of the season i know we're biased because, you know, we're in this conference. We see them a lot. I don't see Tennessee and Oregon State. But just paying attention to the basketball landscape, it, to me, it's also advantageous for them to get to the third, you know, the, that third game. So That's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. They have to be very happy with their seed to, to play the, the teams that you just mentioned and then, you know, end up against possibly Illinois to get to the Elite Eight, they're they're they have to be sitting around in uh, on campus right now talking just like we are about how lucky they are to have the draw that they had as well. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like I I I mean maybe that's what the NCAA wants is to have that matchup in the Elite Eight, but it, I mean it could happen. But yeah, I mean looking at our bracket, you know, thirtieth time WVU has gone to the NCAA tournament um, in their career. Um, Looking at looking at their side of the bracket, I, I'm feeling real confident about an elite eight option. I mean, I, you know, worst. What do we face? Houston. Like we talked about it earlier, Johnson. You and I did before the show started. Like 
Houston's one of those teams where I know they're ranked second, but again, coming out of that conference, you know, the American Athletic Conference, they haven't really faced anybody. They, ha- I don't, I mean, it's great that they're whatever. They've only lost what three games, I think, or whatever. But it, they haven't really faced anybody. They don't, you know, you don't, you play in these conferences that you don't face these Power Five schools, and it's a different level of recruiting. You're getting a different level of player at a Power Five school than you are at the AAC. Well, and we talk all the time about how there's really no games off. You know, even even as much as I loved the Big East, you you would have to be rational and say, every once in a while you're going to get a Rutgers or a DePaul or somebody, and you know. Not to disparage them too much, but when you're used to the grind and then you finally get a game like that, it, it's not a night off, but it's definitely a different, you know, a different caliber. I feel like in the Big 12, maybe you'll get like this year, I, um, you know, Iowa State really struggled, but that's kind of an anomaly. Usually you don't, you don't have, you know, teams on your schedule like that in conference. So when I look at a Houston, you know, I'm in Greenville, they lost a game to East Carolina. I mean, to me, you can't. I know everyone trips up every once in a while, but they had not only that game, but some other games that were really close that they almost lost. And so I think when I look at who we could potentially run into on the two line, I'd much rather run into Houston, um, you know, than I would say an Ohio State, even an Alabama or like Iowa in the West bracket. I, you know, so again, you know, we keep talking about fortunate in this Midwest bracket. If I compare those set of uh, those set of twos, I'd much rather go up against Houston. Hey, I got Cleveland State. That that'll be my that'll be my upset for the first round. Uh, Cleveland State is coached. Uh, one of their assistant coaches is Rob Summers, former WVU uh, Mountaineer center, and um, I'm Facebook friends with him. I've I've been following his program since he's been there. They're doing good stuff. Um, I like that 15 seed taking down number two Houston. That'd be sweet. Calling it now. Oddly enough, do you think this played a factor? But most of the orange-colored teams are in our bracket. <laughs> it's very, are you saying that's some kind of that's conspiracy? Subconsciously, they, they had the uh, logos kind of on a in, a in a pile in a hat or something, and they started to sort things out. You've got Illinois. Like orange over Tennessee, here. Tennessee, Oregon State, <laughs> Oklahoma State, Syracuse, Clemson. Like, that's a very high percentage of orange-colored uniforms. That's a lot of orange. It's statistically significant, Scooby. Yes. I think you're onto something. I, what's going on here? This is uh, this is how Scoop breaks down sports. That's how, I mean, that's how I'm going to make my. We've picks. been doing this a couple years with him. This is how he does it. I mean, very scientific, very uh, interesting. What one interesting note? So NCAA, you know, see, you're, you get to watch Selection Sunday, CBS. Uh, they do the whole thing, and then at the end, NCAA, CBS announce there are four standby teams. So there are four teams that could get in in the next three, four days if a team gets yanked for COVID reasons or not. You've got Louisville, Colorado State, St. Louis, and Ole Miss are all teams that are standby teams. These teams, like how odd is it for these teams? They still have to practice. They can't go to the NIT. They couldn't go to whatever, the CBI or whatever, that they may still play in the NCAA tournament. Such a such a strange sort of setup well and strange that like you don't want to root for that happening but at the same time you're kind of rooting for that to happen you know if it's to me to me that's a little bit of a you know yay that team can't play we're in well i mean it's kind of hard to be happy about that but i guess you know realistically this is a step they had to take i mean i think it's smart of the tournament to do that you kind of have to have these on standby i just keep hoping that 
that's all we need are four teams on standby. I mean, we've seen with like Virginia and Duke and some of the teams in the ACC tournament that had to, to bounce, you know, we had, we had Kansas had to sit allowing Texas to advance. I, I just keep hoping, hoping, hoping that we don't see any, any craziness like that go on here in, in the big tournament. And just imagine though, like if Grand Canyon all of a sudden can't play because of COVID and now number two seed Iowa has to play Louisville first round. That's not the that's not the first round game no, they want. So you know that that'll be interesting to see if one of those teams gets to play who they're playing for and what that matchup's going to be like. Yeah, I totally. Can agree. I can I say uh, deep down I would like Gonzaga to play Oklahoma in the second round because okay. I would like Gonzaga's to just pound the crap. Out of Brady Manic <laughs> and Austin Reeves and Quaff or whatever that guy's name is, like I that's right. like I don't even I could care less about Gonzaga. I'm not actually thrilled about Gonzaga because they showed Jalen Suggs running in a hallway for the entire game that we played him. <laughs> but I would love nothing more than Brady Manic to get his to to get worked up by Gonzaga and Timmy. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all, Scoot. Well, and this is that's another that's another side of the bracket that I look at and, you know, I feel like the that Baylor's Baylor's side the the south and the east are the two most difficult parts, you know, sections of the bracket. You know, the west is another one that I feel like is super geared towards Gonzaga getting to the final four. Like you look at their path and I mean, they're. I mean, Virginia maybe is a tough team, but they're going to have whatever issues they're having after pulling out of the ACC. You know, you've got Kansas in there, same situation. Kansas pulled out of the Big Twelve, so they've got whatever issues they're dealing with going into this. You know, you have a number two Iowa team, which, I mean, I know the Big Ten has been uh, really good this year, but I, I again, I mean, I feel like that's not somebody that you know is going to be tough for Gonzaga to, to beat so it's it's interesting because I look at that bracket I look at that and I'm like man like, that is just a straight line for Gonzaga to the yeah, final they've got to be feeling fortunate especially you know like when I back to what we were talking about with you know pauses and stuff Kansas is your three in that bracket and that's assuming that they're fine and get fully healthy and everyone's back to 100 so I I agree. I think if I look at the East and the South, I feel like maybe I lean a little bit toward the South as the toughest, just because I feel like Baylor, Ohio State, you can even, you know, go down as far as like Purdue as a four, Villanova as a five. I think even Texas Tech sitting there at a six. I mean, they're tough. Chris Beard's well, a great coach. I mean, to me, that that's a tough bracket. When I'd say what you want, like Baylor, and I mean, I know North Carolina is, is not the team this year that they generally are, but Baylor's facing down, you know, in the round of 32, having to play North Carolina, which is yeah, who's been and they've been playing great basketball lately. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a you can pick you can pick a bunch of sleepers in that bracket. Hey, Baylor could lose to either team, North Carolina or Wisconsin in that second round. That's not a cakewalk uh, for them at all, especially how they've been playing here lately. Yeah, right. And then, you know, going to the other side, going to the east. I mean, you know, Mich Michigan. You know, it's got to play, you know, you've got these these sleeper Big East teams that, I mean, and Brett, you played in the Big East, and the Big East really 
even though it's changed a lot, there's still these, the Georgetowns, the St. Bonaventure, like these teams can still put together a team and play when they need to play. So it's, I mean, Michigan's got a tough path. That Florida state team is actually oddly enough, pretty good for Florida state, you know? So well, Georgetown won the big East tournament, right? And that's interesting to think. I mean, they're 13 and 12. They're sitting there as a 12 seed. They'll play Colorado. But if you think back to when we played Georgetown earlier in the season, I thought we dominated them and I thought they looked really bad at times. So to see them, you know, I guess that just goes to show that's why you play those tournaments. That's why you play the, you know, that's why you play the games. That's why, you know, when a team, if a team gets hot late in the season, that's what can happen. So I, you know, I feel like if you're if you're Colorado, you probably don't want to face a team like that right now. Yeah, Georgetown's rolling. Uh, I, that's a tough matchup for Colorado. And you know, looking at that bracket, like you're right, Florida State, those guys can ball. That is a good basketball team. So Michigan's got a, a tough path to make it to the Final Four in the East. It's just, uh, it, and it's it's just a really interesting, you know, year. On top of that, uh, you know, I wonder. So how how they're doing it is. Everybody's going to Indy, Indianapolis. They every team gets a floor of a hotel room. So they've got hotel rooms all over the city, obviously. You know, your team is on this floor. This is your floor. And you're gonna these guys are gonna live on that floor until they're out, until they get bounced. So if you're a team, if you're a West Virginia and you make it to the Elite Eight, you know, you're two, 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 three weeks now, you're gonna be in that, in that hotel room on that floor, you know for two, three weeks. And, and obviously because of everything that's going on, it's not like, I mean, I'm sure Brent, when you guys went and, you know, played all these different locations, maybe you got to go sightseeing, maybe you got to see something. They're not going to get to do any of that. Like they are going to be locked down the whole time. So it's, it's just kind of an interesting, how does that affect these teams and these players, you know, along the way? So I'm guessing, well, they obviously have to leave the facility to practice. Um, so, so they will do that. I'm guessing they're going to have some team dinners in one of the uh, ballrooms or whatever at the hotel. But other than that, I, I hope they're bringing with their gaming station or something like that. Cause uh, man, those hotel rooms get old very quickly and, and to be there for, you know, that final four run, like, like the Mountaineers are going to be, that's, that's a long time to be on the same floor of the hotel. So I hope they, uh, they all understand not just West Virginia, but every college player, how special of an opportunity this is. And they take it seriously and they're not, you know, running around behind the coach's back or whatever um, and getting exposed to something they shouldn't be. So um, I would definitely have um, some study hall guards or something out in the hallways, making sure there's no shenanigans going on. Just having lived through it, uh, they, they probably need that. Well, how, how crazy is it that, you know, they still have schoolwork. Like we're, we're getting close to the end of the semester. So they're going to still have to do some, some coursework for their, their classes. Now with COVID, I'm sure it's a little bit different. They may not have actually been going in person all along anyway. I don't know. It just probably depends on their classes, but um, it's, it's going to be a little weird because uh, like, you know, um, there's going to be downtime, lots of it. And, it's easy to procrastinate when there's a lot of downtime. So I'll, I'll be interested to see and hear some stories maybe about how this, this all kind of plays out. Yeah. And, and during a normal season, there's very, very little opening of books on road trips for basketball. So this may be a new experience for these guys. 
So here's what we're going to do, guys. Uh, first week, so we're going to be doing this for a couple of weeks, I hope, every weekend, you know, for the next couple of weeks, having talking about breaking down the bracket. First, first weekend coming up, uh, I just want to get one pick from you guys that's going to be a bracket buster, one upset out of anywhere on the on the bracket, you know, somebody, a team that you think, you know, is going to make a, a pretty big splash in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I'll go. I'll go first, and then I'll let everybody else go. So I'll go first here. Uh, my big splash is round one, number fifteen. Number fifteen, Iona upsets Alabama in the East. Rick Pitino gonna come in, take his gales, and win in the first round. In wow! The tournament. All right, that's a big one. There you go. All right, what do you got, Johnson? Well, I was scanning the twelve fives. You know, it always feels like that's where my eyes go when you're looking for an upset. And I'm debating between, you know, we just talked about Georgetown. I feel like that's kind of a weird, that's going to be a weird game for Colorado. And I also am looking at Tennessee and Oregon State. Not so much because I think highly of Oregon State, but I just don't like Tennessee. Um, so, but I think, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with that Georgetown Colorado game. I think Georgetown's hot. I think they're probably coming in with a ton of momentum, and it wouldn't surprise me if that yields one of those twelve five upsets. I'm going to go Georgetown. Scooty, what do you what do you have for us? Well, I've got two possibilities. Um, one is is a slight upset. The other one is maybe a little bit more significant. Um, the slight. Can I give you two? Can I give you two little things? Okay, yeah, give me. Two. I'll take. Two. Um, I'll take. The two. slight one is Georgia Tech over Loyola Chicago. I mean, in in if you give it the eye test, it doesn't feel like a, an upset. But Georgia Tech winning the ACC tournament, coming in uh, fairly hot. Uh, again, I don't no disrespect to sister whatever her name is and uh, Loyola Chicago, but uh, I don't respect them. And uh, I think Georgia Tech beats them. My a little bit more significant upset. Can I just jump in there, Scoot? This is a holdover from a couple tournaments ago where you got seriously sick of hearing yeah, about Yeah, Sister Jean. That's Sister, what her name is. Sister Jean. Yeah, like, yeah, and the scarf. She wore the scarf. Yeah, come on. Scoot, the only person in March Madness that could get mad at a, at a nice old lady rooting at a ba- rooting for <laughs> a her basketball team. Nice old team. nun. A nice old nun. Let's, let's go with that. I, I'd like to go <laughs> find an old person that roots for – uh wvu and put them at the fore jay jacobs let's put jay jacobs at the forefront of all <laughs> of all basketball games that wvu plays in uncle like jay. come on yeah uncle, uncle jay. jay jacobs like come on if that's your claim give to him, fame uh, give him a blue and gold stripe uh scarf, like if, scarf, if that's your claim to fame is that you've got some old person that roots for your team then i don't have much respect for your team <laughs> but um my more significant upset and it's not much of an upset but I like uh, Virginia Tech over a Florida. Virginia Tech being the 10 seed over the 7 uh, Florida. Brent, what do you got for us? I got Cleveland State over Houston. 15 seed over a number 2 seed. That's that's going to be my first round upset. And, uh, hey, all this talk of this Stephen F. Austin is just making me a little bit ill because I, I actually drove up to Brooklyn with my son. I'm thinking we're going to have this great weekend in New York City. And we had great seats for the game. We're all pumped up. And, and everyone talks about that lumberjack, the guy with the big, the big beard that beat us, man. And, but for that tournament, that was 2016, we were actually the number three seed, just like we were. Yeah, I went and looked it up, Brent. Yeah, it was a 14-3, just like this. Just like it is now. So I'm hoping, uh, you know, at least coach and the, the coaching staff remembers that because I'm sure the, the players don't. But uh, 
that was a tough game to sit through. And, uh, you know, we ended up leaving, I think, the next day. But uh, I, I hope that upsets not us this year. I do, too. I do, too. And WVU plays Friday night. The big dance starts Friday night for WVU. They play at 9.50 at Lucas Oil Stadium. That game will be broadcast on True TV, in case you're looking for it. True TV. So Friday night, 9.50 WVU on True TV to start their NCAA tournament run. Really different this year. It's uh, Friday, uh, Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Monday are the games. So uh, just keep an eye out for that. Well, listen, guys, we're going to take a break. Brett, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll have you back next week and hopefully talking about two wins and what's going on for the Sweet 16. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, well, let's take a break. We're going to come back with the number one game on a West Virginia sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On, Guido, along with Scoot and Johnson. And don't forget, check out our website, and you can find, actually, probably as you're listening to this, on our website, the link to play our bracket. So go to our website. You can see the bracket link right there to do our Got Your Ears On bracket. And uh, maybe we'll give away a T-shirt to the winner. We can give it. We'll give a "Got Your Ears On" T-shirt away to whoever wins our, our bracket. So you can play against myself and Scoot and Johnson and Brent Solheim. What you're saying is, I'm going to add another T-shirt to my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> you could. You could. It, uh, the the person that's not related to the show. They oh, could there's like those kind of like it's so, like. A, yeah, come on, yeah, Scoot. Yeah, there's caveats. Yeah. There's uh, fine print. Fine print. Fine print. But go to our website, gotyourearson.com. You can find the link for the bracket there, along with other things. Right, Johnson? Yeah, you can find the latest uh, show on the blog post like we do every week. Um, it'll have the link to the latest show that you can listen to right in the sidebar, as, as well as all the show notes that we pack in, probably uh, stuff we talked about, stuff we maybe didn't even get to, uh, and then links to the merch store. And uh, links to the bracket, like we don't mention. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. GotYourEarsOn.com. Well, it's time now to play the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Johnson won last week with his knowledge of the Big 12 tournament, and he now is only one game behind Scooty. Scooty still leads five games to four. Dominant. Dominant, he says. Dominant. Well, this week I thought it would just be perfect it lined up perfectly for us to do something about ncaa march madness to test your guys's knowledge about you know college basketball in general so what i decided this week uh, is we're gonna do mascots we're gonna see what you know of some of these teams that made the oh, tournament yeah. and their this mascots. was made for me this was made for skeet i agree actually 
As you guys know, a correct answer is worth five points, a steal is worth 10 points, and final bluff is worth 25 points. We've got double the questions this week, guys, so we have 12 questions before final bluff. Wow, okay. But I feel like they'll go fast because of, uh, you know, they're pretty short questions. Uh, and uh, multiple choice, as always. So uh, here we go. Before we started, we had a complete and total random flip to a coin. You could have watched on Twitch if you were there, but... Uh, Johnson, you came out on top, so you get to go first. All right. Let's check this out. All right, Johnson. First school is to you. What is the mascot of Loyola, Chicago? Is it the Lakers, the Ramblers, the Wind, or the Frontiers? Loyola, Chicago. I think, Guido, they're the Ramblers. That's correct. Correct answer, five point. The Ramblers of Loyola. Scoot's favorite sister, Jean, right? Yes. Ugh, ugh. Uh, they've got an eighth seed in uh, our side of the bracket, so you never know. All right, Scoot, next question is to you. Winthrop, Oral Roberts, and Eastern Washington all are auto qualifiers with the same mascot. Is it Robins, Cardinals, Eagles, or Falcons? Eagles. All day long. That's correct. Tied up at five points. It's like bowling. You you line them up, I'm knocking them down, baby. You line them up, I'll knock them down. All right, Johnson. Next one is back to you. Abilene Christian. Is it the Cougars, the Spiders, the Wildcats, or the Saints? Oh, man. Horned Frogs is the only thing that pops into my head for this thing. So do you mind reading them once again? Let me just let me try to get my mind around them. Cougars, Spiders, Wildcats, Saints. I'm honestly not sure. I'm going to go Wildcats. That's correct for five points. Johnson now has a 10 to 5 lead over Scooty. Scoot, this next question is to you. The Drexel Dragons are an auto qualifier from the Colonial Athletic Conference. What is the name of their dragon mascot? Is it Freddy Fire, Mario the Magnificent, Drake the Dragon? Or Rolf? I, that's a tough one. I, you threw me, your button hooked me here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Rolf. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. It is not Rolf Johnson, is it? Freddy Fire, Mario the Magnificent, or Drake the Dragon? Well, Rolf was a Muppet, so Scoot, I'm disappointed in you. Um, I like Drake the Dragon. Sorry, that is incorrect. It is Mario the Magnificent is the name of the Drexel Dragons mascot. That was my last choice. All right. Yeah, me too. So no points there. Still 10 to 5. Johnson in the lead. And Johnson, this next question is to you. Cleveland State, are they the Vikings, the Tribe, the Kingsmen, or the Renegades? Hmm. I don't believe any ever set foot there, but I believe they are the Vikings. That is correct. Johnson continues to take the lead. He now leads 15 to 5. Scooty, looking rough. All this bragging, all this Uh, talk. Bad question. I got one bad question. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next. There you go, Scoot. This one's for you. (laughs) Norfolk State. Is it the Kings, the Spartans, the Bears, or the Pirates? Norfolk State. I believe they are the Spartans, Guido. That is correct. They are the Spartans. Good job, Scoot. I was hoping that would trip you up, Scoot. (laughs) Johnson, this next one is back to you. Colgate, 
Colgate, the powerhouse. Adonis Colgate. Foyle, former former Colgate star. Are they the Bandits, the Raiders, the Assassins, or the Aces? Oh, wow. This is super hard. I think they play in the same conference as Aquafresh and Crest. And I believe that they are the Raiders. That is correct for another five points. Johnson still has the lead, 20 to 10. Scoot, this next question is back to you. Belmont, are they the Bruins, the Bears, the Bobcats, or the Bulldogs? They are the Bears. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson. Are they the Bruins, the Bobcats, or the Bulldogs? I think they're the Bruins. That's a bear! A Bruin is a bear! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, uh, Scoot, but Johnson got that correct. They are the Bruins. It was an option. Uh, Johnson has a lead 25 to 10. Scoot's getting left in the dust. You look like you had genuinely been wounded when that buzzer sounded. I felt bad for you. (laughs) No, I didn't. I got the steal. (laughs) Ha ha! Johnson, this next question is back to you. Crichton, are they the Blackbirds, the Blue Jays, the Cardinals, or the Eagles? Creighton, I believe, are the Blue Jays. Johnson gets it right. 30 to 10. Scooty, I'm a little worried about you. Yeah. And we got more questions in this slate, right? Um, I mean, I know. Three more before final bluff, Scoot. You gotta you gotta pull it together. All right, Scoot. Here you go. Next one for you. Texas Southern. What is their mascot? Is it the Lions, the Tigers, the Bobcats, or the Cougars? Texas Southern Bobcats. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson for ten points in the steal. Are they the Lions, the Tigers, or the Cougars? Man, I I don't know this one, but I'm going to go with the Cougars. Oh, I'm sorry. They are the Tigers. They are the Tigers. Darn. It's okay, Johnson. This next one is back to you for five points. Johnson still has the lead 30 to 10 right here. Scoot looks like he's sweating it out a little bit right now. It's little, a perspiration little, little, on the brow there. I got upset. derailed by Mario the Magnificent. <laughs> Like, that's like saying, uh, okay, so Michigan State, they are the Spartans. Name the third Spartan mascot person to be the mascot of the Spartans. That's the next question, I feel like, for you. How'd you know that? That's your next question. question. All right, Johnson, this question is to you. Grand Canyon, are they the mountain lions, the antelopes, the coyotes, or the jackalopes? Oh, my goodness. They all feel like they fit, first of all. And <laughs> I know all animals that could live in the Grand Canyon. Yes, right? And we played these guys a season Dan or Marley, two ago. And I for the head coach. Uh, yeah, right. And I for the life of me, I like the antelopes. I like your answer for five points. Thirty five to ten. Johnson has the lead scoot. You gotta you gotta get this work right, at least for a chance to win going into the uh final bluff here. No you pr- no pressure. No pressure here, Scoot. How many teams are in the NCAA tournament with the mascot, the Mountaineer? How many teams? Is it one, two, three, or four? It is two. 
sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, is it one, three, or four teams that have the mascot as the Mountaineer? I thought Scoot was correct, so I'll increment by one and say three. That is correct. It is three. West Virginia University, Appalachian State, and Mount St. Mary's are the Mountaineers. <laughs> Scoot, we're going into final bluff. Yet another week where you cannot win. How do you feel? Uh, I've been bamboozled. Oh, wait. What's the script say? Oh, no, Johnson. Here he goes. Here's your chance oh, when he gets to, questions to wrong. tie things up. Yeah, here we when go. When he gets questions wrong, oh, it's a script. Hey, look, I just shout out to Mario the Magnificent. Screw that dragon. I hope that, <laughs> that really puts Scoot on his I heels. I hope they get beat badly. <laughs> Quote of the show, screw that dragon. <laughs> All right, here we go. Final bluff is worth 25 points. Right now, Johnson, you're leading 45 to 10, uh, and we have a buzzer every week. Scoot, what's your buzzer this week? I don't need Mario. <laughs> All right, Johnson, what's your buzzer this week? I was going to say Mario, Scoot, so you kind of messed me up here. I'm going to go Sister Jean. Ugh. <laughs> Sister Jean. All right, final bluff, 25 points. Iona are the Gales, but what is the name of their mascot? It's not Rick Pitino, by the way. Is it Killian, Connor, Finn, or Declan? <laughs> Mario. Go ahead, Scooty. Uh, I believe the mascot is Declan. Of course. No, wrong. that's incorrect. Yes. Johnson? Well, first of all, these all sound names of all... people who modeled in an Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> catalog in the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm going to go with Finn. Uh, no, it is Killian. Killian is the name uh, of the Gale. Scoot, just like uh, Killian's Irish yeah. Gale. Uh, it's... Yes. Screw that dragon. Well, with that, Johnson, congratulations. You win this week. You have way more knowledge of mascots than Scooty does, as we have proven here in this very scientific game show. And not only that, you've tied it up five games apiece yes. now in season two. Boom. We're all knotted up, Scoot. It's a new uh, ball game, new season from here on out. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I like how he gets mad when there's... You know, I do West Virginia ones because oh, it's it's made it's made because Johnson's gonna win. I do one that's like a hundred percent Scoot like driven. Like Scoot knows every mascot in the whole entire world. Yes, and yet this this was made for Scoot. He gets steamrolled. Like this was the sixteen <laughs> one upset right here. I this mean, this was Scoot. This was I was I was uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And you were Virginia, right? Just there. That's what just happened. Right there. Boom. There's no way I should have won that. Ridiculous. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing to add. No words, Scoot. Nothing Nothing really to add. <laughs> well, we're sorry for your uh, loss there, Scoot. That was a good time. All right, guys. It's time to wrap it up this week. Thanks to Brent Solheim for being on the show again. He'll be back next week talking basketball with us. Don't forget, look for us online. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search Got Your Ears. And you can also look for us on Facebook, Got Your Ears On. And check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. WVU plays Friday, 9.50 p.m. against Moorhead State. That game's on True TV. You can also download the March Madness app. That's usually where I try to watch the games as well. 
9.50 on Friday. Then if they win, they'll play again on Sunday. We'll be back next week with another show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Let's go, Mountaineers. you got to win to stay in, boys. So let's get it done. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On. 